Chapter 30. Jerry was conscious. Casey leapt forward and hugged him tightly. The sight was a balm to her battered body. The hobgoblin put an arm around her shoulders and squeezed lightly, as if startled by her gesture. You're awake, she whispered into his stomach. I was so worried. Tears pricked her eyes, and when she drew back, Jerry was smiling. How? Gilmore asked. Mother, Lady Geeta replied, it seems our librarian's assistant gave her the idea. Me? Casey hadn't seen or talked to the queen, not in weeks upon weeks. I mean, the queen lived in the peak of Underhill and rarely came down, and the last time that she'd seen her, Casey hadn't even spoken to the queen. What, what happened, she asked. I don't know, Lady Geeta said, rather testily. Jerry shrugged, but Casey could see he had a secret. Lady Gita wasn't pleased about it, but it seemed she'd already failed to get the secret out of him. Well, it took you long enough to get here, Gilmore remarked. Lady Gita nodded tersely. We needed Jerry's touch to get in. Her eyes skated over Casey's skin. We don't have many other lower fae who would have waded into a dangerous situation. Her eyes were speculative and almost predatory. Jerry coughed. So let's see this uh, pocket realm. He paced the miniature foyer, peering into each room, tutting quietly at the state of the books in their cages. His mere presence soothed him, and Casey stood so close behind him that she was a shadow. He was alive. He was awake. He would fix everything. It was Lord Brizid. Lady Gita's voice was carved out of ice. And Sir Sawyer, Gilmore stated. Casey glanced at the high fae. Gilmore looked stoic, but she could see a faint worry line in the corner of his eyes. How would Lady Gita take hearing that two of the fae that she'd been most recently with had been scheming against her court? Lady Gita nodded once and pursed her lips, the tips of her long hair uncurling and turning red. Casey looked away. Jerry turned to her. How did you find it? Well, once we figured out that the books and you hadn't actually left the library, Gilmore suggested a pocket realm. We searched where we smelled cloves. At Lady Gita's sharp look, Casey corrected herself. I mean, Lord Gilmore. Cloves, Jerry said thoughtfully. It looks like they were trying to destroy this place. He squinted into space. Mm, yeah, I see it too, Lady Gita murmured, staring into the distance, like they were pricking apart the spells, but it had it's gotten an infusion of power recently. Do you see where this overlap? It's appealing? Jerry pointed at something invisible. Casey squirmed slightly, hoping they couldn't trace that infusion. She looked at Gilmore and he shrugged. Finally, Lady Gita, Gita sh shook her head. Where exactly is Sir Sawyer? He isn't in any of these rooms. He escaped into the old world, Gilmore said. The warded room is thinner. Casey's heart sped and she waited for the question to come up. Her mother had always said being good at magic with any magic that the high fae considered theirs would bring her to no good end. Lady Gita frowned. A doorway in there. She snorted at the sight of Lord Brizid hunched in the corner awake now. And he left you there loyalty amongst slime, she told him, smiling sharply. Lady Lord Brizid flinched. Lady Gita nodded. 
Jerry, you will let us know when you need help. Hmm? Jerry said. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I will. Casey looked at Gilmore in disbelief. He wasn't going to tell his sister how Sir Sawyer had escaped. He was going to let her think that Sir Sawyer created a doorway himself in a room that was specifically created to prevent high fey magic. No, this couldn't be this easy. She waited on tingling feet for the other blow to fall. Lady Gita would surely see. If that's everything, we'll get back to the rebel, Lady Gita said. Her hair was now streaked orange and red. The rest can wait until morning, she continued. She turned to the statue and then frowned and turned back around. Actually, can I borrow your assistant to get out of here? Certainly, Jerry boomed. She deserves a rebel too. Casey couldn't look at either high fae as she hopped into Gilmore's hands. He lifted her wordlessly to the top, his hands on her waist like brands, singing, sending tingles and shivers up her body. They fell into the grand foyer, but he had caught her around the waist and studied her. Irrationally, she wanted to draw him in and kiss him, but Lady Gita walked briskly up the stairs, and they followed silently. The fragmented memory of their delirious kiss wove awkward magic as they trudged to the top and through the gate. It was like that had happened to two other fae. The library was quiet, just the gentle rustling of tired books. At the front doors, Casey locked Jerry in and left the two high fae talking to the group still stationed outside. She turned the corner and twisted down into her sparrow. She had no intention of returning to the rebel, not while there was a chance Gilmore would return and she would lose her senses again. She had no doubt that if Gilmore was there, she would kiss him. Her with a high fae? It would never work, and with kisses like his, she needed to steer clear of him until he moved on. Having a fling with him would it would ruin all flings forever. She had never done casual well, and he was designed to obsess her. She landed in front of her apartment door, stepping in quickly to enjoy the silence. Her sisters and parents were still at the revel, and she had her bedroom to herself. She changed wearily and tipped into bed, snuggling in her blanket and enjoying the crunch and feel of the straw mattress under her. Home. She woke briefly when the others returned, but only enough to roll over and go back to sleep. It was after dawn when she woke, when Coventina and Cordelia were whisper arguing over who got to wear the best apron that day. Certain fey jobs never changed their routine, not even for a revel night. And yes, of course, there was some flexibility. I mean, Aunt wasn't a monster, but she also had to feed an entire palace, and she couldn't be seen favoring her nieces too much. She was one of the tallest pixies in the land. She had a reputation to uphold. And her two nieces were her only shot at getting a family member to take her place when the time came to retire, since her twins were hound-obsessed. Casey rolled out of bed and took the bathroom after they left. The bags under her eyes begged her to crawl back into bed and sleep another two days, but Jerry was back. That gave her more skip and verve as she hurried to the dining room to eat a quick breakfast. The twins weren't around and neither was Iona. No surprise there, since none of the high fae wanted to be woken by their brownie maids this early after a revel. Had Lady Gita found a new companion last night? She was the heir, so there was little doubt in Casey's mind that she'd found someone to help her forget Lady Lord Brizzard and Sir Sawyer's betrayal, or at least try to forget. Casey finished her mushroom tea morosely. 
Haifei moved quick from affair to affair to affair in the way that they accused pixies of doing. Unbidden, the memory of Gilmore's hair, hands and her hair and the lightning that forked through his eyes when he looked at her, it came back up. She bit her lip to keep back the sudden tears. She liked him a lot. She dashed her tears away and looked around the dining room, taking a deep breath. She was a servant in his palace. Yes, it was his mother's palace, but it might as well be his. He would live for decades, maybe even centuries longer than she would. She was just an interesting dot on his timeline. And it would be worse than that soon. She would be an exiled servant, living in a stone hut far from other fae, so that when her powers drove her insane, like Dehune, the high fae firestarter, so she couldn't hurt anyone. She pinched her thigh. The sooner she realized that he might be kind and funny and interesting, but temporary, the better it would be for everyone involved. She definitely couldn't kiss him again. It would make her exile hurt all the worse. She scrubbed her face and poured another cup of tea, adding a teaspoon of honeysuckle. She needed the jolt this morning. Farrell and Finbar stumbled into the room, yawning. She was surprised to see them this early. They must have drawn the short end of Hound Watch. The twins slumped onto the bench, yawning. Where did you go last night? Farrell asked. I saw you dancing and then you disappeared. The library was under attack again, Casey said. I had to leave. You deserve something for all this work you're doing. Finbar elbowed Farrell in the ribs. He thought you left that high fae you were kissing. Casey flushed. No, nothing like that. That was a, that was a huge mistake. Yeah, revels. Farrell poured tea for him and Farrell and Finbar both. So when are you going to make a huge mistake at a revel and ask Iona to dance? Finbar asked, sneaking a look at his twin. Farrell scowled. Not you also. I mean, if you're afraid of ruining things, a revel might be good timing, Casey added. I'm not discussing this. He set his tea mug down so hard it cracked. Cursing, he waved his hand over it and fixed it. She leaned back slightly. His magic had always felt unstable, like a firecracker, but now it was a welling up, more disciplined. Whether it was the job or his feelings for Iona, something was grounding him from the male who would take any th- a dare from anyone to someone responsible. Cynthia seems to have calmed down, Finbar offered. <laughs> Casey groaned. Well, yeah, days after screaming at me? I would have magicked her mouth shut, Farrell replied. I wanted to, Casey shrugged, but I can't react in public without becoming part of her craziness. Yeah, it's like a vortex, Finbar agreed. Aunt let her have it later. Farrell looked around the room as if checking that she wasn't hiding somewhere close to listen to them talk about her. Well, as soon as we were alone, I let her have it too. Casey stretched and her back popped. Her long blue hair touched the back of the bench and she gathered it into her hands, braiding it quickly. I've got to go. Us too, Farrell grumbled. Work, 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 work. Someone has to keep the palace working, Finbar started. Because it sure as Maeve's dark realm won't be the high fae, Farrell finished grinning. See you at dinner. She couldn't help but grin back. One of these days we need to visit you in the library, Finbar stuffed another scone into his mouth. Well, it's Jerry's first day back, so maybe not today. Finbar put a hand over his heart. Our favorite cousin doesn't want her to want us to visit her at work. 
She's ashamed of us, Farrell replied. Or she knows that she can't measure up to our handsomeness and her librarian might beg us to switch places. She took her mug and plate to the kitchen, shaking her head. She was in a much better mood now because of those two. Amazing how that happened. <laughs>